Hello, you fiends and delightful maniacs. I am Jay Floyd, and I'm the host of this little tawdry podcast that I'm calling Grinning Idiot. That'll make sense later, hopefully to some of you, if not to me. (laughs) It actually makes perfect sense to me, but I'll get to that. What is this podcast about? Well, it's going to be about a lot of stuff. It's going to be about being alive right now and what it's like in our collective consciousness. That means we're going to talk about, well, you name it. We're going to talk about arts and culture. We're going to talk about politics, and we aren't going to care who it offends or who it upsets. We're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about not getting what we want. We're going to talk about pain and suffering and its opposites. Hopefully you're experiencing some of the opposite right now because you've nestled in to listen to a podcast by someone who you have no friggin' idea who they are, really. Don't worry, I'm working on finding out who I am, so I will be able to hopefully, at some point in this process, accurately introduce myself to you. I would love to do that. You know what? I'm in therapy all the time. I've been in therapy forever. There's a good reason for that, and hopefully we'll get to that someday too. But my therapist, I've been seeing him for about a year. Um, He is a brilliant man. He's a very understated and quiet man, at least he is in the room that I pay him to be in. And um, he's guided me through one of the most difficult times in my life, dealing with anxiety disorder and panic disorder. And um, one of the things he's done is he's introduced myself to quietness. He's introduced me to quietness, which is something that is just not indigenous to this particular organization of cells called J. Floyd. And he said to me recently, I had a, had a, 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 a sexual tryst. Um, and I had sort of been abstinent for yeah a couple of years probably um, uh, due to the anxiety disorder taking hold. And you just don't feel real sexy when you think you're dying all the time. It's just not hot unless you're maybe Marilyn Manson or something. Um, and I'm not. And um, I just couldn't do all that base makeup. I would break out like a freak. Anyway, whatever. Um, I went in and I said, uh, Mr. Shrinky Dink, here's the deal. He's not a shrink. He's a therapist. Um, we can call him Jose because that's his name. I said, Jose, I got laid the other night and, um, that hasn't happened in a while. And something that I noticed was every step of the way I'm con- I have a constant like directorial monologue going on in my head. Now I am a trained director. I went to NYU's film school. I'm a screenwriter and director by, by avocation, uh, not vocation. And, um, and I, uh, it's natural that I have some sort of dialogue going in my head. That's sort of normal, maybe. However, this one precludes the ability to be in the moment sexually, to be with this other person that I'm trying to enjoy and I'm hoping he is enjoying me. But I'm constantly wondering, is this okay? Is he touching me there? Is that okay? Does that turn him off or does that turn him on? What does he want? What do I want? Am I getting what I want? Is he getting what he wants? Is this a good experience for him? Is he still here with me? Am, am I still here with me or am I on the internet in my head? What This is the dialogue that's going on while I'm trying to have sex. That's a problem. Um, well, it's a problem if you want to enjoy sex, and I really do. I want to enjoy sex. I want to cause lots of laundry that I don't resent having to do. Um, and so I, I said, uh, I told my therapist, I said, you know, I just noticed this performance that's constantly happening, and when I look back through my life, I'm not sure that that voice, that dialogue, hasn't always been there. And 
He looked at me and, without a beat, said, Jay, you've been performing in this room since we met. Yeah. See, I pay him to say things like that to me. If, if you said something like that to me, we'd have to have an argument. But since I pay him to say things like that to me, I can't really be pissed off about it. Um, I, did, I just died laughing because that's my reaction to brazen, ugly truth. I just die laughing. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, so I'm performative all the time. Now, I did have to contradict him in that when I first met him and I was in the peak of anxiety, it was really hard to just get to his office in Los Feliz, which was very close to where I lived. It was really hard to just get there because my body was vibrating with anxiety all the time and my mind was racing with negative and catastrophic thoughts and I had physical sensations that literally felt like I should be at the hospital, not in a therapy office. And when I first met him, I was grieving my mother a good deal and I didn't know it. And I was grieving uh, what I perceived to be dead dreams which, you know, I'm 53, they came a little, the realization that life isn't how I planned it came a little later for me maybe than it should have. And I, I said to him, those sobbing sessions when I first came in this room, when I first got to this room, where I, I literally, one, in one session, I was crying so hard, he didn't want to let me drive afterwards. He said, are you sure you're okay to drive can you, is there a ticket for driving while hysterical? Um, because if so, I probably would have gotten it that day. And I said, no, I'm, I'm okay. I've gotten my legs back under me. I can do it. And by the way, I slept for the first time all the way through the night that night. It was something apparently that really needed to get out and made room for something more peaceful. But this idea of being in a constant state of performance has stuck with me. And I realize that the way things are right now, and it's probably human to want to put your best face forward. I mean, there are times when you have to perform, but not to the exclusion of ever getting to know yourself. So why am I telling you all this? Well, first of all, I'm telling you, you're in good hands because I'm in therapy. Um, secondly, this idea of being who you are is probably the gateway to a deep sense of satisfaction with your life. And I don't mean a euphoric sense of satisfaction. See, we've become such a consumer culture, such a Costco culture, that we think that big and more and exuberant, everything has to be superlative or it's not something we care about or, or, or we must be falling short. Everything has to be, oh my God, this word, amazing. Everything has to be amazing. This is a major peeve of mine, y'all. This drives me crazy. People talk about a bagel being amazing. If you're amazed by a bagel, seriously, you need help. There's something wrong with being amazed by a bagel. Being amazed by a sunset, being amazed by um, watching a child walk for the first time, being amazed by watching, you know, Meryl Streep perform. <laughs> These are things that are actually amazing. Um, bagels aren't amazing, but that word gets so abused. In this time where everything has to be so superlative, I'm wondering if together we can't explore in this podcast, and, and um, I'm wondering if we can't explore what it means to be gently and peacefully fulfilled by living. Now, I'm expecting that most of the audience, if there is one, 
uh, for this podcast is going to be in the United States, and it's going to be here in the year 2019 that it starts. And so we got to start where we are. And where we are right now is um, fractured. It's happening all over the world, but I can only really speak with firsthand experience to the way it's manifesting itself here in the States. Politically, I don't even know if it's politically anymore. I think we have like a soul wound that is coming to the surface. I think that, you know, people talk about uh, the American experiment because our kind of democracy was considered experimental or could be considered experimental because it is a constantly evolving thing. That's why we can, we can actually amend our Constitution if we need to. And we're going to need to, by the way. Um, we can, uh, it's the American experiment. And so that means occasionally the experiment's going to go off the rails. And we are definitely in one of those times. When the current occupant of the White House, now I'm not going to make any bones about it. If you are a, if you are a conservative person who believes in the lies of Donald Trump, then you're going to have a hard time listening to me, and I probably will have a hard time listening to you. If you're a conservative person who has reasons for supporting this current administration, um, and you have a good reason for it other than something based in his lies, then maybe we could talk. And that's what I'm hoping we can do here. I'm hoping that throughout the course of this podcast, the basic theme is going to be failing, falling flat on your fucking face, getting up, learning from it, gathering the strength and wisdom that comes from deep, honest introspection, and moving back into hopefulness. Now, I say that to you not as a wizard or as a, an expert. I say that to you as a person who has had to do it more than once in his life and recently had to do it to save his life. That, like The second time in my life I had to like really get through something. Uh, I'm a sober person. I've been sober for 23 years. I was a meth addict for four years in my late 20s, um, uh, and I've been sober for 23 years. I used uh, the 12-step programs that we all know about to, to do that. Um, I'm just trying to decide if I broke the anonymity thing. The level of press, radio, and films. No, uh, this is a podcast. This is like a diary journal, so I don't think it's wrong for me to... S so I'm just going to leave that in. And if, if the AA warlocks want to come suck the blood out of me while I'm sleeping, well, at least I hope they're cute. All right. So getting us back to a sense of hopefulness or, a, or an understanding of hopefulness is what I hope to do together on this show. That's why any topic... Any topic is kind of fair game here because the topics we're going to talk about are going to have rough edges. They're going to have difficulties in them. They're going to have funny elements. They're going to have tragic elements. Like I said, we're going to talk about sobriety. We're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about arts and culture. We're going to talk about politics, and we're going to talk about things that enrich our lives. So that said... I'm still, I keep flashing back to, you brought up sex and you kind of just stopped talking about it, and that's anti-orgasmic, isn't it? Well, I'm just going to have to leave that there for now. <laughs> um, um, when I started thinking about what I wanted to talk about as an introductory, a short introductory podcast, I started looking for quotes about hope, because I love quotes from people who are smarter than me, and I came across a few by Oscar Wilde, who I happen to adore. And uh, here's something Oscar Wilde gave us. Most people are other people. Their thoughts are someone else's opinions. Their lives, a mimicry. 
their passions a quotation. That was Oscar Wilde. Their passions a quotation. That is chilling to me. That passage calls me personally to really look and see, where are my, are my passions quotations of other people's passions? Or do they come from deep inside of me? Are they of me? Because I do believe, ultimately, the whole purpose of having a body in this lifetime is to move around you know, this planet and try to find ourselves and express it. And that sounds really selfish, and I think that life ultimately is selfish. I'm not condoning some Ayn Rand sort of perverse idea of the lone wolf or that we don't have uh, responsibilities to others. Quite the contrary. I think that we can't be fulfilled or whole without service to others. I tried it. I tried really hard in my 20s to only service myself, and, well, that just takes us back to sex, so I'm not going to do it. But anyway, um, their passions are a quotation So, we find ourselves in challenging times, don't we? Very, very challenging times. And we feel passionate, either to the left, to the right, to the middle, or, you know know what I'm saying? We feel very passionately about what it means to be an American right now, if you're an American. Uh, I know the Brits are going through it as well. But are those passions ours? Do you think for one second, that if we're all human and passions emerge from humans in an organic way, and I think that we all have basic goodness. I'm, I'm sort of Buddha head about this. We all have a basic goodness. So if our passions were to emerge from that, from an authentic sense of self, would it be a quotation? Would it be in grave opposition to another person's passions, even though they may not look the same, would they be so dire? Would they inspire an emotional violence inside of us the way we're expressing it today? I experience it big time. Oh my God, I am so not sorted out about this. I think I'm doing well, and then I'll talk to someone on the other side of the aisle from me, and they'll they'll parrot back something that is provably false, and I'm done. I can be foul and rancid about it, and I don't like it, and I want to work on it. And I thought, well, that's a bigger subject, isn't it? Healing our whole selves or becoming our whole selves, which I think will invariably be good. If we are truly and authentically ourselves, it will be good. If we're just parroting the passions or quoting the passions, to use Wilde's language, if we're quoting the passions of other people, don't we lose ourselves? And if we lose ourselves, if we are lost, is that where friction comes from? Is that where the gateway to violence comes from? That seems plausible to me. I wonder if it seems plausible to you. Think about it. I'll set up an email at some point so you can send me in, you know, complimentary or nasty notes or dick pics. I don't care. I don't care what you send me. Um, A nice boob shot would also be lovely. Um, I don't know why I decided to say that. Anyway, that's where my head was. Um... So if we, are, if we are truly ourselves and our passions are from that basic goodness that all people are born with, could we be in such friction? Which leads us to ask the question, I think, what are we doing if we're just mirroring the passions of others or, or, or parroting or being a mouthpiece 
for someone else's agenda, for someone else's way of thinking. Seems to me like if someone wanted to manipulate the masses, as political parties on both sides tend to do, that we do occasionally have to diverge from our basic goodness. Because can you be basically good if what you're expressing is not directly from something authentic? It's a thought. There's a reason for the friction we're going through. It's, 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 guys, it is truly wretched, isn't it? I can't stand hating Trump supporters. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. Somebody might say, oh, well, you must be getting something out of it or you wouldn't do it. And to those people, I have to say, smell it. Smell something vile on my body. I don't know what to say to them. I don't agree that, that we all get something out of everything negative that we pursue. And I do pursue the fear and anger. I do. I mean, I'm the one who turns on the news around 2 o'clock every day. I don't have to do that. You know it's going to piss me off. Uh, maybe you do it as well. So how do we heal this? How do we come back together? Now, I've come to believe that we might be heading towards violence in this country. Not that we aren't already a violent country. I'm not talking about the, you know, we used to have fire drills in the 70s when I was in school, and now they just have mass shootings. Um, we are a violent country, but I'm worried that we're heading towards something, a crescendo of sorts, because it doesn't seem like uh, either side is willing to acknowledge that we're all part of a similar experiment, a similar idea, and that we're all in it together. That has just gone for the moment. I knew when this idiot buffoon, <laughs> oh my God, what a freaking moron this guy is. I knew that he was going to be divisive. I knew that he was going to be unusual. I knew that he was going to cause change. I didn't realize he would cause erosion. I didn't realize that I would, you know, three years in, be thinking, uh, violence between factions in our society is becoming very possible. Now, I don't think that Donald Trump is the reason for this. I think that it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's a reflection of the culture that I've been watching erode, in my opinion, for a couple of decades, you know, when... I remember when, when Paris Hilton, I say God rest her soul only because I'm not sure she ever was alive. When Paris Hilton became something that people were paying attention to or modeling after or in any way looking up to, and all she was was sort of a pretty, bratty, rich kid, I thought, ooh, we're in trouble. And around the same time, I noticed Hollywood stopped making interesting movies for the most part and spent all their money on big extravaganzas that were meant to titillate rather than to invigorate um, thought. Uh, I saw the culture sort of becoming cheaper and cheaper, and then, then the Kardashians just came in like a flash flood and washed away any hope that, um, that intellectualism had a, uh, a nice and lovely home in the United States at the moment, in popular culture at least. We got here by our own doing. We got here through our own laziness, and, and we got to be in the position that we are in through choices that we are all in some way participants in, in some way, you know. Um, people who are, you know, we are not, our hands aren't clean anywhere, guys. We got to remember that. 
you know, I know many people who are environmentalists, and they should be, and we are destroying the planet. We know this. But those same people still drive cars. They still um, go to the grocery store. They aren't growing their own food. They're doing all the things that cause fossil fuels to be necessary, and they aren't taking giant action. They're taking smaller actions to to uh, address this problem that has caught their attention. We all have a piece of this pie. We all are in this together, whether we like it or not. And what I'm hoping, what I'm hoping is that we're moving towards, now it may require a crescendo, and I'm not, you know, I'm not sure... It's a bad thing. If it, it, however it needs to happen, it needs to happen. So if it has to be violence, then that's what it's going to have to be. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we incite it. I just think it seems a little inevitable at the moment. Um, you know, if it's violence, fine. If it's, if it's, if it's uh, a collapse of factions of our government. See, I keep trying to get away from saying that I think violence might be on the horizon. And then when I talk about factions of our government collapsing... That will lead to violence. This is the reason I can't stop thinking about it right now. What I will do if that does happen, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I've never been confronted with this in my little white bread life. I hope it doesn't get there, but I'm willing to accept that we have gotten ourselves into such a polarized state that it could. It's not like world history doesn't show us what happens when governments start to cause this kind of friction among its people. So, most people are other people, said Oscar Wilde. Their thoughts are someone else's opinions. Their lives, a mimicry. Their passions, a quotation. Hmm. Well, Oscar had the good sense to die after realizing that. Um, Those of us who are here just need to work with these ideas, don't we? Hope is such a commodity, folks. It is so important. I went without it for a year when my anxiety disorder brought on some depression, I think. And I had never known what it was like to not have any hope. And it's like living in a big, dry, pounding drum. It's, um, it's both painful and unsatisfying at the same time. It's uh, inertia while being on fire. It's all sorts of words don't really do it justice, but I'm, I'm grasping here. Um, I think that what we have to do is become ourselves. If we can become more ourselves, be that through spiritual means, be that through meditation, be that through, oh, it could be a hundred ways, and I hope to sort of poke around and discover new ones on this show whenever, whenever we can. I want to I wanna get into the nooks and crannies of how to be more authentic with yourself and and how to build a better culture, because I think we're at a low point right now. At least we're in a low point um, using my own 53 years. Uh, I can say we are at a definite low point culturally uh, and as a country. And I do believe that this soil needed to be burned so that it can be more fertile later. I do believe that. Um, And that's a hopeful thought. It's a horrible thought, too, but it's also a hopeful thought. I believe that there is a future, and I believe for this country. And I know it's not going to look the way we thought it was going to look. 
it's not going to be perfect. But what is perfect is its own process of redefinition, isn't it? Its own process of growth and of falling on its own face and having to get up, dust itself off, find hope again, and march forward. Just like we all have to at points, right? I mean, it's not easy finding hope again when everything in front of you seems to contradict it. I mean, what kind of idiot can do that? (laughs) Now you get it, don't you? These are the types of topics that I want to investigate and explore on this podcast. Most people are other people, Oscar Wilde said. Their thoughts are someone else's opinions. Their lives, a mimicry. Their passions, a quotation. Let's do the work of proving Oscar Wilde wrong. Thank you so much for tuning in with me on this inaugural journey. I'll look forward to spending more time with you guys. And, and like I said, I will get together an email address or some, or some way for you guys to send in notes. Maybe you have suggestions of topics. Um, and I do over the, over the weeks, I guess, of, of creating this show. I um, will be pulling in people to talk with. It will be interesting to you know pick their brains um, and share that conversation with you guys. This show really could go anywhere. And I, I'm glad to be willing to go wherever it needs to go because I really am a hope fiend at the end of the day. And this day's over. All for now, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs>